0: America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us.
1: Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar, the number four children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azara Foundation Do you like to
0: meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org Hello everybody,
1: this is Alona Holland, a listener of the America Meditating Radio Show. I'd like to convey my thanks to you, Sister Jenna and Sister Gita, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to America Meditating Radio. Well the days are climbing and I can't wait for November eighth to pass. I'm just off of my seat. Antonia's been trying to pray for me, and the only reason why is because I'm so passionate about truth, and whenever I see the illusions, you know, whether it's in myself or around me, I can't help but observe the passion part of me that really comes forward, and I think that when you really are a voice of leadership, it just doesn't serve you to just stay there seated and do nothing. Inactivity is not the strong trait of a leader. It is activity, it is fortitude, it is consistency, it is determination, it is riding above and beyond the criticisms that you get when you're out in the front. You know, the things that we notice when the Hopi or the American Indians actually choose a leader of their tribe, they observe the behavior or the personality of the young boy or girl between the ages of one and five. They begin to see how they're moving within the tribe with each other and who follows whom, and then they realize that that soul is born with that quality of leadership. And I think when I saw that a a while back, it touched me a lot because I began to realize that we have bumped into different forms of leadership of, you know, some of us who try to train ourselves in leadership, but those of us who are just very passionate as if we're answering the call of leadership, which becomes to me another dimension of decoding the power Of becoming a really true and powerful leadership. So stay tuned. We're about to have a heart-to-heart conversation with Cynthia Ruiz, who is an author, professor, and inspirational speaker, and guess what, a leadership expert. And she's going to be taking us on a journey of helping us to understand a little bit more about who we are and what we are. But before we do that, you know what we do best here and with all the stuff that's happening in our minds and in our country let us go into a meditation from the Just a Minute Meditation CD from the Ramakumaris take a deep breath and let's feel safe inside of our minds breathe deeply feeling safe taking just a minute like a tortoise I move into the safety of my inner world and experience a world free from distractions. I feel secure, protected, knowing that I am true to myself.
2: I experience my true value
0: independent of the influence of others. I now gently step back into my surroundings. Beautiful to step back and find our own inner strength and inner silence and stillness this is the call of our time i hope you like that feeling safe from just a minute meditation cd by the brahma kumaris sister Gita, are you in the studio so you're going to be taking us to another level of inner leadership and outer leadership can you share something with us today
2: good day and greetings of peace om shanti It's a reminder, the language that the soul knows internally, I am originally peaceful. Taken from the Just a Moment um, book, everything happens in its season. A calamity that happens today will sooner or later disappear. After all, nothing that belongs to this world or happens here is everlasting. A person who is exceptionally cruel today may later on, due to some serious circumstances, be moved to kindness. If I remain in a stage of patience, it helps me to understand why events were delayed and to avoid making the same mistakes in the future. If I am too anxious for the result of something to come about, it is just like trying to eat unripe fruit. Time will change me and everything around me. That is so powerful. Time will change me and everything around me, but I cannot change time. So why get myself upset and annoyed? Everything happens according to its own time and season. I cannot hope to pick mangoes out of season when the tree has not even flowered But there is much enjoyment in tasting the first fruit of the season. Am I so arrogant that I feel everything and everyone else must fit into my timetable? Am I so foolish as to believe that my life and state of mind are an accurate yardstick by which everything else can be assessed and judged? Remember, You're not your mind. It would be good to realize that each of us is different and to adjust to the ever-changing scenes of life, I must learn to accept as well as appreciate those differences and mold myself accordingly. So everything happens in its season. Contemplate on this. I sure will. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Om Shanti.
0: everyone that was the amazing dinah ross and reach out and touch someone's hand and we need that now more than ever thank you sister gita for that wonderful reading as usual you transport us to another level of awareness the america meditating radio is really really touched to welcome cynthia m ruiz now cynthia is an author professor inspirational speaker and leadership expert she has received over 50 accolades and awards for her leadership and service to los angeles and currently serves as a los angeles city commissioner overseeing a multi-billion dollar pension portfolio for city employees cynthia has over 20 years of experience teaching and public speaking She appeared in the movie Discover the Gift with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. She is the author of two books, Cherokee Wisdom, Twelve Wisdoms, Twelve Lessons for Becoming a Powerful Leader, and Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World. Today we welcome Cynthia Ruiz. Hi, welcome to the air.
1: Hi sister Jenna, I just want to say that I am so humbled and honored to honored to be able to share this time with you because you're one amazing individual.
3: Oh
0: that is so sweet to hear that. Oh, I feel the same about you too because just looking at your own history and your your drive for existence when we are being called to be instruments for positive change. What an interesting journey that is, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, it's a very interesting journey, and I have to say that my journey has, you know, been up and down and all over the place. But at this point in my life, I honestly believe that I'm a vehicle that's being used by God. I use the term creator or great spirit interchangeably. You know, I I know you use Baba, but so it doesn't (laughs) matter (laughs) what term you you use. It's that universal consciousness that's trying to touch so many people right now and really create a paradigm shift that's being led by the divine feminine.
0: Yes, this is so true. And it takes me to acknowledging the fact that we're in a season of the power of feminine energy. And I don't mean that specifically has to be a woman. I've met many men with feminine qualities, and I don't mean feminine qualities. I mean the traits of a nurturer, the traits of patience, you know, the traits of Job where they've really been more sustainers than destroyers. I would like us to talk a little bit about your book today because I heard it's a great read, Cherokee Wisdom. What was the purpose of you writing this specific book at this time?
1: Well, I live in Los Angeles and I come from two cultures. My dad was mexican and i say was because he's made his transition and my mom is native american cherokee we're registered members of the cherokee tribe and so For me, in part of the Cherokee wisdom and tapping into my ancestors that I've done through meditation, one of the things that we're asked to do is really share your wisdom and knowledge with other people to benefit their life. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but the knowledge and wisdom that I've accumulated through my journey, if I can share that with other people and touch their life in a positive way, then that's what my intention is.
0: How are you feeling currently about what's taking place with the Dakota Pipeline? Because I heard that all the various nations of the Native American tradition has gathered there, as well as other people from around the country, who just feel like it's an atrocity to what's taking place in these times, all because of greed. Do you have any personal feelings towards that currently?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I have a lot of very strong feelings about that. For several reasons, though. The way I look at it is that in our Native culture, we're taught when leaders make decisions, you mm-hmm. to make decisions based on seven generations before you and seven generations in the future. So one of the reasons the water protectors have like come that. together, and I call them protectors, not protesters, is because they're thinking about the future generations. Now, it's a very negative thing that's happening, but the good news is that many, many tribes have come together because there's been tribal differences over the years, but everybody's coming together. And this is not just a U.S. issue. Internationally, people are coming to to support the Standing Rock Sioux tribe, which is so important. And it's really shedding a light on how we use energy instead Mm -hmm. of using fossil fuels, which is basically dead energy, why don't we use life? Why don't we use wind, solar, water, renewable energy that's life so Yes, I have very strong, you know, opinions about this, but I, you know, I really on Sunday prayed a lot. Yeah, not only for the water protectors, I prayed for the men and women in uniform that are impacted as well that are really taking that action because I believe you have to pray for both sides.
0: You do, you do. And I think we are also being driven to have this um, level of empathy, a balanced empathy. It can't be that we support just one side and expect to win the game. It has to be what is it that both people are needing and how can we find common ground? I think what's been interesting to see is when one particular person just won't give up what they think is what they really need and they cannot compromise that. And it becomes a real unique game. A friend of ours shared this morning, Reverend Sylvia, that Van Jones gave a wonderful speech
3: uh, mm-hmm. there. At the,
0: yeah, you heard about it. It's dead energy. I Why can't we invest in our own people and investing more sustainable energy for the future? And so... What is it that these individuals who want these pipelines there to get the money, what are they not seeing? What is it that they're missing? What is it that's being missed here? It makes sense when we look at it, but why is it that it doesn't make sense on the other side? Is greed the precursor behind this, and is greed more powerful than a human life?
1: Well, this is one of the examples where this issue has really come to life because of social media, because the mainstream media wasn't really covering this for a long time. I started posting on Facebook in the beginning of the summer about this issue, and it wasn't till very recently that mainstream media picked it up, but the people, it resonated with the people, not only here, like I said, internationally. So right. I think this is... One of the most important issues of our time because it's it's multi-layered. There's so many layers to this, and one of the that I gave got very very passionate about this is because the pipeline was going to go through sacred land, mm-hmm. and to me it's very important to respect our ancestors, and respect that sacred land. So not only was it an issue of stopping the pipeline that can eventually affect the water, but having respect for the people that were here first and, and the ancestors and not allowing them to bulldoze through sacred land where our ancestors are buried.
0: Okay, so can I be an angel's advocate here? Because I want us to go talk more about even the whole process of leadership because that's one of the areas that you're an expert in. Based on the leadership of that particular region, do you believe that the tribe has lived a sacred life, that it has emanated the ancestors' original intent. And I say that because I want to look at both sides of the spectrum and those that are driven by what they call is progress or industrialization or or creating more opportunities for more people. Did they go in and see that maybe they themselves weren't really respecting the land? So what's the use? Let us do something with the land and build something on it and make something of it. There has to be some reason behind why such narrative starts to take place where it challenges Former leaderships or former understanding of things, and I hope I'm not sounding like an angel's advocate, but I'm just trying to stimulate a broader, you know, interpretation of why we're witnessing this at this time.
1: I think that's a very good. (laughs) That's profound, Sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, It is so. Yeah, and I I can't speak for this particular tribe because I'm not a member of it, but obviously we know that in life and in the world, you know, there. Everything happens for a reason. And this is happening for a reason that I believe is much deeper than what's at the surface.
0: Right, right. Because I always say to myself that if the energy is sacred, why is it being desecrated? Where is that vibration coming from? That is attracting that vibe. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation of a story that we need to have later. I want to go into your ability to know about leadership. And you've seen leadership on platforms in this political campaign that have shown us different forms of, I don't know what you call it. But when we talk about value-driven leadership, let our listeners know what does that really mean.
1: Well, I've been very fortunate that throughout my career, I've been in positions of power. And at one point, I was running the Board of Public Works for the city of Los Angeles, which meant I was running a department of 5,000 people. And I was having to make decisions on a daily basis. And I'm not afraid to make decisions. But what I realized for me, if I made decisions based on my core values, I would never make a bad decision for me. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody was happy with my decisions, but if I was always acting with integrity and respect and humility, things that are important to me, I knew I was making the right decision for me and I could sleep at night.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. Now, how do you think women can learn to be better leaders?
1: Well, I think the most important thing for women leadership is to be in touch with your femininity because in the women leadership has always been there. But in my opinion, what's happened in the past is if women wanted to become leaders, they had to take on the masculine qualities and act like a man. And now, because the shift is happening, we can be in touch with our femininity and our compassion and communication and and caring for people. Women tend to lead by what's called social power, meaning that Mm -hmm. they look at the greater good of the people, where men tend to lead by personal power which is more individualistic and more transactional.
0: Boy, are we seeing that on on the podium between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. What are your feelings about what sort of a narrative Secretary Clinton has been conveying to the American people and to the world when you look at the way she addresses what she's been through in the last 18 months?
1: Well, I think I have a lot of compassion for her because mm-hmm. she's been at the political game, which is a tough game for the last 30 years. And again, she had to take on a lot of the masculine qualities in order to survive in a world of men and mm-hmm. power. And now, you know, I it, I think that as she's running for president, you know, a lot of people unfortunately do not relate to her, don't like her because she had to be so hardened all those years and she's right. kind of lost the femininity but you know i am just really at a point where i don't even want to watch the election anymore because it's become so <laughs> negative and so poisoned that it's just very very difficult to watch because in my opinion neither one of them are acting like true leaders it's it's just out of control and it's just terrible so <laughs> But i I' really quite hopeful. an interesting
0: process, yeah, yeah, it's tested a lot of us, and I think that when we look at leadership, we also look at emotional and mental strengths, right? And so we see a lot of um things that are challenging us to have faith in people. And you've mentioned in your writings and your sharings, you mentioned the importance of having mental strength. How have you used mental strength in your own life where you've really seen that it has made you the better person at the end of the story?
1: Well, I am the first person in my family to go to college. We grew up with very little means and we grew up in poverty, and I realized that the way out of poverty was to is to get an education. So for me, I had a lot of adversity so I had to tap into my mental strength and realize that if I was going to get out of poverty not only for myself but my future generations I had to really tap into my mental strength and work hard and I had to you know work three jobs to go to college and take out student loans but I was you know determined so by the time I was 23 I had my master's degree and now I have a son who's grown and he actually went and got his college degree without even thinking about it. So it's really uh-huh. when people are telling you no, you really have to mm-hmm. tap into your own inner mental strength and say, I can do this and I know this is what I'm supposed to do.
0: Mm. You know, if we keep listening to people, especially the naysayers, I don't know where we'll end up in a box somewhere in the corner, unused and untapped and miserable. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I really believe
0: that, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, meditation, Cynthia. I mean, you're involved with a project that oversees a multi-billion dollar pension portfolio for city employees. Where do you find the time or how do you find the time to meditate so that that can keep you clear um, whilst you're involved with such important decisions as a leader?
1: Well, I have a spiritual practice that I've developed over the years, and it contains three things. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I do my gratitude list. What am I grateful for? Because that sets the tone of my day. I also pray, and I also meditate. And I want to actually share a quick meditation story with you. So, me you know, too. it took me a long time to get to meditate. You know, I struggled with it, and, and I finally I took classes, and it took me a while. But um, with my first book, I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and he said, you really need to write a book. And I had never even considered it. So I went to my meditation class, went home, went to sleep. The very next morning I woke up, I had the title of the book, Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World, and the outline. And so I said, okay, I guess I'm supposed to write this book And it was all because it was all inspired through my meditation. So meditation is a very powerful part of my life. And I like to say prayer is talking to God or the creator, and meditation is listening. So when I open myself up to listen through meditation and tap into my inner self, you know, miracles happen.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, How important is that because I think now more than ever the world needs silence and it needs a clearer interpretation of its sense of worth. Before I gently and lovingly release you from this amazing conversation, could you share with our listeners what is your best vision for yourself that would make the world a better place?
1: Well, may I have permission to share a prayer that I wrote that's in my book? Great Spirit, Creator, who I call God, I humbly stand before you to praise you, for you are I and I am you. I welcome you into my heart, body, and soul, Great Spirit, God, Creator of all. Grant me the wisdom to follow my inner voice, the strength to stay grounded while I sing my sacred song. Guide me down my chosen path with the courage to pursue what is available to me. Great Spirit, God, creator of all, allow me to receive the infinite possibilities of the universe. I'm appreciative for my lessons, yet grateful for my struggles. I am comforted by the wonderful people you have placed in my life. Great Spirit, God, creator of all. I honor Mother Earth for the gifts she provides, the fertile soil that provides our daily food, and the gift of water, which is the essence of life. Open my heart to the healing of nature. We are all related, and through this I find serenity, Great Spirit, God, Creator of all. May I never stop being a beneficial present on this planet. Work through me to carry the message of peace and unconditional love. I am complete, having you in my life, Great Spirit, God, creator of all.
0: so beautiful, Cynthia. Thank you. Wow. Leave our listeners with a website that they could find out more about your work and where to find that poem.
1: <laughs> so the poems in the book, but um, I encourage people. I love to connect with people. You can connect with me on my website, which is my name, Cynthia C Y N T H I A M, like and Mary R U I Z dot com. And I love people to connect with me and become a member of my tribe. And I have weekly blog posts. And from there, you can connect with me on social media. My books are available on Amazon dot com.
0: Uh, Wow, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having this beautiful, heartfelt sharing with you. And uh, do keep us posted in all the good that you're doing, Cynthia.
1: I'm grateful for your time.
0: Same here. All the blessed. Bye-bye. Bye. Beautiful prayer and blessing. And I think with that, I need not say any more other than do not give anyone permission to take away your happiness. And... We are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Here's sunrise by bliss. Take care, everyone.